0: Just our real estate episode number 285.
1: If you've listened to a hundred and whatever, 116 of these episodes and you have not bought a deal, I can tell you what your problem is. Yeah. It's not not knowing enough. It's that you didn't wake up today and do something. <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you for joining me here on Just Real Estate. I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. My name is Mike Simmons. I'm your host, and I cannot wait to jump into the interview. I had a great one, and I'm really excited to bring it to you. It's a fantastic real estate investor and real estate agent, and uh, we had such a great talk, and this guy is such a wealth of knowledge, and I'm going to bring that to you in just a second. But before I do, I want to remind you to go to my website if you haven't done it yet, and if you haven't done it yet, man, you really should. You don't know what you're missing out on. Click on the Lead Propeller banner on the right-hand side of the homepage at Just Start Real Estate. Go to my website there, click on the Lead Propeller banner, go check it out. It is a fantastic service. You can create a lead-generating website in minutes. I did it, I believe in it, I'm a customer. I really suggest that you do it too. The lifeblood of real estate investing is getting leads in. If you're not getting leads, and if you're not getting a lot of leads, you're gonna have a hard time getting deals. So leads are the name of the game. You need to get them in, and there's really no reason not to do it. Online everyone knows how to send postcards everyone knows about you know networking I've talked about it at length on this podcast But something that a lot of people aren't doing a lot of investors aren't doing very well is generating leads online So I'm take my word for it guys Please go to my website on the right hand side click on the lead propeller banner go there and at least just read about it Just check it out, and if you don't think it's awesome Then then go somewhere else and, 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 and get something somewhere else. I'm not saying you have to sign up, but I really Really think you owe it to yourself to at least check it out. Here's the cool thing: if you sign up now, you get one month free. So you can sign up, try it, see how you like it. Before- before you ever have to pay for anything. Now I can tell you that the the uh, the the guy who who developed this site, uh, the owner of the site, and and the guy behind all of this. I had a conversation with him. His name's Danny Johnson. I've interviewed him on the show. I talked to him just a couple days ago, and he's talked about ending the one month free program for my listeners. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen. He didn't really give me a date and a, and, and a firm answer on that, but it's going to end at some point, guys. So get in there and get your site. Try it out for a month free before that offer is gone. All right, guys, let's dive into the show. Okay, thank you for joining me again on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate it very much. And I have an incredible guest today, someone who's literally, I'm looking at the list here, literally seems to have done it all. So we're gonna get some good information here and dive right in. I am very excited to introduce Chandler Crouch. Now, like I said, Chandler's done it all. He's been a full time in full-time real estate for 12 years. He's an investor and as an independent broker, he started with $2,000 and a maxed out credit card, living in a $365 per month, all-bills-paid apartment. Now, From that time, he has done short sales, subject tos, owner finance, lease option, rentals, rehab, HUD deals, wholesales, and actually has done hard money lending as well. Currently, he manages three teams of agents and focuses primarily on brokering luxury properties in the Fort Worth Keller area of North Texas. Chandler, welcome to the show. I am really excited to have you, man.
1: Thanks, Mike. I'm excited that uh, I'm excited to be on.
0: I don't know if I've had a a guest yet that is has that actually done as much as you've done. I've had a lot of really good flippers and really good rental guys and really good wholesalers and all the you know. But to have someone who's actually put their hands in all of these things in, in one person that's pretty pretty incredible. Just I want to dig into the background a little bit, but how how do you transition from one to the other and get so many things done at a relatively young age i mean did you i guess my question is did was it bright shiny object or did you really dive into these (laughs) deeply and actually like go for it in each of these things or was some of them shorter lived than others or how did that work
1: well uh um I would not be truthful if I didn't say that there wasn't quite a bit of bright shiny object <laughs> okay. chasing hey the, it, along yeah the way. that
0: happens to all of us trust me <laughs>
1: yeah, but in you know in, in the twelve years that I've been doing this um i've I max out my days and uh my i've I've spent a lot of long, hard days doing all sorts of different things so I would say out of the list that you just mentioned I, I just wanted to give you an idea of the breadth just because from a, a standpoint of being able to share information with others, it just helps to be able to have a little bit of experience in, in a lot of things. Sure. But that doesn't that uh for sure doesn't always translate into success uh just because the <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. you, you don't you don't yeah, get anywhere
1: yeah. by doing one owner finance deal <laughs> or one whatever. But uh, yeah. I went fairly deep with subject two uh and uh and I've gone the deepest with uh with HUD deals. Okay. But um, you know, just as 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 uh, uh, seasons change and 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 markets change, then you know there there are different opportunities that present themselves and
0: yeah. No, you're right. That's the name of the game. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, sometimes different different models work better in different markets, so it it makes nothing but sense. But you know, you've done all these things, and you know, you're not an 80 year old guy. You're still a relatively young guy, so that's very impressive. But I would like to kind of dial back the clock a little bit. Let's talk about how you got involved. Let's go back to the um, uh, you know maxed out credit cards, living in the apartment. How did you get from there to you know basically 12 years later where you are?
1: Well, let's see. And I, I was thinking about this a little bit just preparing for this interview because um, you know, it's been a while. But um, I, I definitely think that I, it feels like whenever I got started, it felt like I was starting at a place that was more broke <laughs> than, <laughs> than where other people had started that, that I came across. So uh, I, well, the way I got started in real estate is I went in and paid rent. And the guy that owned my apartment complex took my rent check and he said, Hey, do you want to get started in real estate? And uh, and it just kind of a divine intervention kind of thing is what I what I believe is just kinda of happened and, and got an opportunity and, and the way I really got started was he had some vacancies in some of his apartments. Um, and and no landlord likes a vacancy and, right. and I it didn't take much for me to pay the bills, so I would help him lease apartments um and then the way that i i really started kind of getting my feet under me and and getting my wheels going was uh that i i uh i would i went to a bunch of uh local investor meetings and i just started learning i I dropped out of school and i said you know if i'm not going to get a formal education that way i need to Get an education somehow, so uh, I'm just gonna go all in on this real estate thing. I wouldn't uh, I decided to go ahead and get my real estate license and start going to seminars and just reading books and and books on tape and um, and then the the path that made sense to me was I found s- some investors that had houses that they needed to sell and um and I just offered to hold an open house and just said, hey, you know just just pay me if if I'm able to sell your house and and that's really the 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 thing that in hindsight the thing that really kind of got me going and was enabled me to quit my job and start focusing on real, real estate full time doing something that would actually pay the bills I just went went in hard on open houses and it, and it blossomed from there. Wow. Okay. So,
0: so your start was, was as an agent, then you got your real estate license and, and started basically uh, uh, representing investors. It sounds like.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I actually, since I had my license, any kind of money that I earned uh, helping investors, I would call it a real estate commission, but um there were other people doing the same thing that didn't have a real estate license, and they were accomplishing the goal legally just by being either being an employee of the investor, and then that allowed them to to earn the same type of you know commission. It they you would, I don't know if you really call it commission if you're a W two employee of an investor, but right. that was one way they did it, and uh, and then you know, but yeah, yeah. That, just, I, 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 earn the money through my real estate license.
0: Um, okay. So that, uh, that's interesting. So how, as a resident, as a, uh, a realtor, how did you then make the leap instead of just, okay. So a normal realtor, they, they list houses, they sell houses, they represent buyers or sellers or whatever, but you started getting into sh- uh, doing subject twos, which is not, i don't think a lot of realtors necessarily do that Um, Mm uh lease options and and doing rehabs and wholesales and hard money how how, what made you kind of go off of the normal realtor path and and start diving into some of the traditional investor type models
1: well those those open houses that i speak of those were actually open those were in uh, friends of mine that were investors that owned the homes and uh and they had bought those houses with using, you know, subject to the subject to method, subject to the existing mortgage. Okay. And so that was kind of my exposure into it. And and I I just got to know them and, and and I think probably I started out just going to the open house with the with the investor and just kind of hanging out and helping out however I could. And then I said, you know what, let me try and help you out here. And then before you know it, I said, you know what, I, I see this thing happening. Uh, I would then go out and try and find the deals for the investors. And, you know, I I guess I could have wrapped it up into a, well, actually what I did was I went ahead and did the subject to deal and and just let them know that I was working for an investor. And then, I mean, you could easily do it without a license and just call it an assignment or something. I don't know if I'd really recommend that in hindsight because it was kind of crazy. But Yeah, now, um, if if you don't
0: mind, for the listeners here, explain exactly what a subject to is okay,
1: good deal well, and i I just start in the subject of subject two because that's kind of where I started, but I don't necessarily think it's it's as great as a lot of people preach it. I think it's a good tool to have in the toolbox, but subject two it's basically a way for um for an investor to help someone out that is. Either behind on their payments, or for whatever reason, just wants to sell their house for only what's owed on the house. And so what what ends up happening is the 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 uh, investor will approach the the homeowner and say, "Hey, if you would like to sell this house, I'll take over your payments." And then they can actually uh, just ask the the seller to sign the the deed over to them to sign over ownership, and the loan would stay in the uh, in the homeowner's name, okay, and so you could acquire the mortgage or you acquire the ownership with the mortgage staying in the other person's name. So it's basically taking over ownership of the property subject to the existing mortgage, and that's where the word "subject to" come from.
0: Gotcha. Now, just out of curiosity, I'm, I'm devil's advocate because I, sure. I I know the answer, but why would anyone sign over ownership of their house but retain the responsibility of the mortgage? What how do how do people why do people do that?
1: Well, it really doesn't make sense to do it unless they owe pretty close to what the the house is worth, or maybe the the cost of repairs to fix up the house and sell oh, it are right. exceed the available cash that the person has. Um, just for whatever reason, uh, it just doesn't become advantageous to try and sell the house on their own. They're they're they value something else in the transaction more more than the money, more than uh, future credit and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so then, the, then they they start to become open minded to that.
0: Okay, after. and that makes sense. That that's actually a very good way of putting it. That makes tons of sense. Um, all right. So. We, we know how you started. You started out as a realtor. You were showing houses and doing open houses for people. And you kind of learned from some of these friends and going to the realtor meetings, which by the way, is a way that I, I really recommend when people are starting out, that they find their local real estate investing uh, investor meetings and go to those and start talking to people and, and just networking, and but not in a weird, cheesy way. you know, Just like going there and just being yourself and talking and having conversations because you can learn a ton. You can really make some good relationships relationships. relationships and you can learn a lot from the people that are there because there's some people that are doing exactly what you're trying to do so I like that you mentioned that and I think that that's pretty key and it sounds to me like it was key to you kind of getting started as some of these relationships and friendships that you had had made at these meetings and, and going to their open houses and things is that is that fair is that accurate yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So now I know. Twelve years later, uh, I, like I said, I've been to your website, and and it, it, definitely you've you're you're doing some great stuff. The houses look fantastic. You're obviously very successful. What is it? in all these things that you've done, Chandler, it's it's really amazing to me. What does a day look like for you? What is a what is a typical day when you get up on a Monday morning? How do you spend the bulk of your time, and and where are you focusing your energy?
1: Well. That's a great question. And and you know, I was thinking about in terms of how I also got started, uh, and, and kind of how I've seen so many friends drop out and not make it or just change courses and uh I've stayed the the path here for twelve years and, and it's really the same kind of thing that, that, that I've started with that I'm doing now and it's just I treat what I'm doing as as my career, as my job and not just a hobby. And so uh, I wake up as early as it takes. I, I now, I try to discipline myself to, to getting at least six hours of sleep.
0: Okay. And
1: usually, if, if I'm really motivated and I've got stuff that I need to do, I'll, I'll whittle it down to four, but I'm waking up as early as I can to get things going ahead of everybody else, and then um, I come into the office, I've got a morning little checklist that I go through just to kind of get my head right, and uh, uh, well, I should mention... Two steps before that, my morning routine starts at my house. I just kind of get out of the house as quick as I can. Used to, I would start my audiobooks uh, from the time I woke up, but now since I've got kids, yeah. I just get in the car. The radio's not playing. There's a, there's a podcast or there's a book on tape going from the second I get in the car. Uh, my radio stations aren't even programmed on the radio. So anyway, I get to the office early, uh, go through my morning checklist. And then uh, and then the day starts I just start with you know callbacks and uh, or prospecting or looking for you know look, doing marketing or, or whatever the, the case may be and then and working deals until uh, until late right now I'm going going full throttle so my days are, are, are pretty long I'm still taking <laughs> two solid days off but
0: all right. I know, I'm, yeah, I'm I should I say could, too. Right? I should mention it's, it's fairly late. I, I would imagine it's uh, nine thirty there. Is that right? Yeah, it's nine thirty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's nine thirty where you are, and you're still at the office. So, that's uh, that's incredible. Four hours of sleep. I you know I used to do that. I, I I can't do four hours sleep anymore. I'm no good to anybody if I get four hours sleep. But that's uh that's pretty impressive. Now your your business that you have it at right now. Do you? Do you work with investors a lot, or is it typically the the, um, the you know, but people buying houses to live in, or a mix of both? What what, what do your clients look like now?
1: It's a pretty good mix of both, um, and that's just because of the way our market is right now, the the kind of opportunities that are here are more more in favor of the seller, and so when the seller can sell close to top dollar and expect to sell it within a week or so, <laughs> then uh, then it's it's a lot harder to find good deals. Now, with that being said, I'm still working with investors. Last week, I just sold a house. Um, you know, I'm doing marketing to to uh, absentee owners, folks that don't don't live in the home that they own, yep. and and um, targeting those folks. So I, I found a guy that uh, he wanted to sell, and he just said, "I told him, look, I can sell your house for forty thousand dollars more than yo on it." And usually, that's music to a seller's ears, but um, He said, no, he said, I I do not care about making any money. He said, no, he said, the only thing I care about (laughs) is I don't want to have to make one more payment. I don't want to have to spend one dime at closing. He said, if you can just get me out of this house, then I'm done. And I said, you know what? <laughs> I can help you with that problem. Yeah, that I
0: problem. don't. I, I don't want that guy to be my accountant ever. That doesn't <laughs> sound like that doesn't sound like good financial uh, sense there. But you're right. You know what? Everyone has their reasons for everything, and I, we're making jokes. But I mean. He, he that person has a reason for that, you know, and it sounds crazy to you or I, maybe, who's sitting here and we've, we're up to date on our, our mortgage payments and you know things are okay for us. It doesn't sound logical, but you know we don't know what his situation is. So, you know, it, it that's exactly though what happens, and, and I I've heard that from other people. It's not a unique situation, but you're right; those people are are definitely out there. So, you're working with investors still. It's a very hot market down there in Texas where you are. Now, what okay, so working with investors like you do, what are the some of the things you're seeing that investors are doing where they're really kind of missing the boat or they're screwing up? What are some of the mistakes that you see as someone who's kind of seasoned and you've been in this for quite a while? What are some of the pitfalls and things that you, that you see that just, you know, maybe they shouldn't be doing?
1: Um I would say that uh, this isn't going to exactly answer the question you just asked, but this is the biggest problem that I see. I have investors that contact me on a, on a, on a pretty regular basis, or, or I'll be doing marketing and then and run across investors, and it's just so blatantly obvious whenever I run across a brand new investor. And, and the reason is, is because a lot of times they're not looking to add value to what I'm doing they're not looking to uh, not looking to to i, I don't know they are they're looking for a good deal and they'll come in and they'll just say hey I'm, i i just need this house that fits this incredible criteria and <laughs> yeah. uh and i ask you know well where would you want it well if it's a good deal i'll look at it and then they'll say okay well uh well, what kind of margin do you look for Do you are you looking for a do you have a certain minimum amount of equity that you look for um And they're like, no, I'll consider just about anything. I was like, okay, well, what what kind of uh, is there a percentage basis that you look for? Do you want to get it so many, you know, a certain percentage below market value? And they're like, no, it's a good enough deal. And you get the idea. They're just, that's it. And they'll say, okay, well, well, how do you plan on funding the deal? And I said, well, I've got partners, you know, well, I can, I can, I've got uh, my partner pays cash. And I just know right off the bat, after I have a conversation like that, Nine times out of ten, that person's never closed a deal before. So here's right. here's that's the biggest mistake to me. They they there's no reason why a, a seasoned wholesaler or a realtor that's in the know and, and is doing marketing, finding good deals, would ever turn to a person like that and say, "I've got a deal for you." So what I would say, that's probably the biggest mistake. They just you're just not going to get any traction that yeah. way. Calling me. Yeah. In a situation like that. Okay. You know? And I wanna say
0: I wanna say this. That not only is exactly the answer that I was I was kind of looking for, All or right. I mean <laughs> I, I wasn't looking for a specific answer, but I, I just wanna say you were kind of hesitant, like maybe you're not answering the question. That might be the best answer answer i've heard so far on my podcast <laughs> because you know what I, i'm we're we're talking to a lot of people out there that are new investors or, or relatively new and you're right it, that you know w- what they need to know is how to approach a realtor like yourself if they if they're looking to do something How not to do it sometimes is just as important as telling someone how to do it. So, just coming at you like what I heard was number one: you're not—they're not adding value to you at all. They're just saying, "Give me, give me, give me," and then they don't even know exactly what they want. It's super vague, you know. It's like it's just so amateurish, and and but but it happens all the time. I guarantee that that you get new investors that come at you like this, and it's like I don't even know how to help you. And if and I just get the feeling that you you can't do anything with it if I were to help you. So that's super good information. Now let's play that scenario again. And just in general terms, I'm not being specific here, but how would, how should someone approach you? Let's just say I'm a new investor, Mm -hmm. right? I'm a new investor with good intentions, and let's let's say I really do have a partner that I'm working with, who you know maybe uh, somebody with money. May, maybe it's my dad. He's he's got uh, uh, an IRA that he's going to use to fund it, or my uncle. I don't you know sometimes the IRA doesn't work that way because it's your dad, but it, it's an, it's a, a friend who has an IRA. He wants to fund it. How should I approach you? What what's a better approach to a to a realtor like you?
1: Um. Well, I thought about this a little bit, just because. I've gotten a handful of those calls and, and I've been in, in, in their shoes before just looking for a start. Uh, so uh, just, you know, everybody's mindset is they're just tuned in. <laughs> this is so funny. I can't believe I'm saying this. They're tuned in to WIIFM, which is what's in it for me. Right? <laughs> I can't, I can't tell you how many podcasts or books on tape I've heard say that, but, and here I am, uh, but <laughs> it's all right. If
0: it works, let's use Yeah, it. No, that, that's everybody just,
1: <laughs> you know and what's in it for me that's that's what everybody's asking so that's that's what I would I would concentrate on is just adding value to the realtor or to the wholesaler whoever it might be so I'll just speak in terms of a realtor okay um if i got a phone call from somebody that said and let's just take the the example you were starting to use there if if i got a phone call and they said hey my name is john um I'm looking to invest. I'm an investor that, uh, that I I just focus on homes in, in this zip code or this zip code. And that's really all I'm looking for. And I'm willing to buy houses that fit this criteria. Um, I was just curious if, if you had anything like that, then that would at least give me the idea that this person knows what they're looking for. And then, then if I had a property that might fit that criteria, that, those keywords would would maybe trigger some kind of thought if I happen to run across a property that fit that criteria. If I just have the anywhere criteria, any kind of deal, then it's just not ever going to sink in. So that's, yeah. that's probably one step. Uh, another step is if you really wanted to if you, if you had a realtor that, you've, that you knew was doing some marketing in an area or maybe had the means to do some marketing, they just didn't have any direction, then one thing that you could do is, is just ask for a meeting with the realtor and go sit down and just say, hey, look, we're looking to buy houses. And, and that's actually probably the wrong way I would start out the conversation. I would just say, I'm an investor and I buy houses in this area. And one thing that I thought that I might be able to help you with is if you did some marketing, a program that I would be happy to offer on your behalf is you could offer these sellers the benefit of a Cash Offer Now program. If you don't already have something like that, then here's what I would be willing to do. You just let them know that you have a Cash Offer Now program and and, and telling them that if if they have a house and they want a cash offer right now, that I could I could supply that to you. And that's something that as a realtor, you might have actually a little bit more credibility with a seller than, you know, a yellow handwritten sign on the side of the road would. Right. And, and so when you're approaching someone offering that kind of deal, then that there, there could very well be a seller that, that might be interested in just getting a cash offer now. Um, and, and maybe even, you know, taking a discount like the seller I meant, just mentioned last week, or if, uh, if, if they didn't even have a house that they might consider to, to use as a cash offer, the, the, the benefit that I would present to the realtor is there's going to be some doors that just that type of marketing pitch will open for you that might help you get some listings right? in scenarios where you wouldn't otherwise get them. And so it just kind of creates a, a situation where you're thinking about that realtor's life and how you might be able to benefit that realtor and instead of just asking for you know, just a vague deal, and right. I've got, you know, partners yeah. that
0: can. Yeah, I mean that that's a great idea. I've I've, I've never heard anybody suggest that, and uh, I, I love that. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and you're right. You're adding value. So the cash offer now program, you know, it's basically you, you can't. I mean, you you know, there's no lo- how do you lose there, right? I mean, you're making an offer. They can say yes or no, but you're right. Just offering that is something that differentiates that realtor from maybe some of the other realtors doing marketing and it could open doors for them too it's a great win-win situation it's a fantastic idea it's, i mean that's a that's a golden idea
1: and can i add a, a couple more things real sure. quick mike yeah yeah definitely okay. so i was just listening to one of your last podcasts uh, before we started here today and i have to tell you the, the stuff that you're saying is just right on the money and well, and thank you. one of the yeah the, one of the last things that you were talking about was was fear and and really that is such such a huge component of what stops people from becoming successful. Really, most of the time, it stops people from even taking the first step. But and this kind of dovetails with the answer to the last question. If you're willing to pay for an education, then, you know, first of all, the mentors that I've had uh, and, and the, the clients that I've had, the investor friends that I've had uh, have taught me more than than just about anything. The guidance that I've gotten, and I've had coaches, and, and it's just, you can't beat it, uh, the, the type of applicable advice you can get. But the other thing are, is uh, books and tapes and seminar programs, things that are going to actually cost some money. And I'll have to tell you, I've learned tons <laughs> through those things. Some of them are the bright, shiny objects. I just learned about it, and I decided I needed to go out and do it. Sure. Um, but more than anything, I learned by doing deals. Yeah, and by taking that first step and just deciding I'm going to do it, and in the the uh, the neat thing is with real estate, you can predict everything before the deal starts. Sure. So you can you can you'll know before you actually become committed to the transaction that you'll know what your purchase price is going to be. You know, you'll make the offer, it'll get accepted, you'll know, and you could most you know, contracts have an option period written in or where you can write an option period in. So you, you you're, have very little risk to find out what you could buy the house for. Yep. You can estimate the cost of repairs. And, and nine times out, anybody starting in real estate, there's, you're just not going to come into a scenario where you're not going to be able to look at the inside of a house. Any bank foreclosure, any government foreclosure that I deal with, you can look at the inside of the house. So you're going to get to estimate the cost of repairs. You can estimate the cost of funding financing the deal and and so and you can estimate what you could sell it for if you fixed it up. So really, you've got every piece of the puzzle right there in your lap before you ever invest a dollar. So here's the here's the thing: why not decide that you're going to have a little different criteria than the next investor? And why not decide instead of trying to get it 30% below market value uh, after repairs are made? That why not decide you're going to get it 20 percent below market value after repairs are made, and then when you go talk with the realtor or the wholesaler and you say, "Look, I'm targeting this area, and I'm willing to take this criteria," all of a sudden your criteria may not sound quite as impossible as the next guy, and um, you're going to so you're going to stick out in their mind. There, there's somebody that you might be able to to actually work a deal with because you're going to probably make their short list at yeah. that point. Yep. And if you're already willing to pay for education, then it, first of all, the worst deals that I've ever had, well, I can't say that. I can't say it quantifiably, because I've had two bad deals, but it was like, you have to be really <laughs> dumb to lose a lot of money. Really, really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but the two bad deals, I bought it. I bought two houses. Both of them were uh, uh, more than an hour hour drive away. Uh, on a on a Sunday like Sunday morning. So this is like in traffic. It would have been two three hours. It's right. on. The, I'm I'm in Fort Worth. It's on the other side of Dallas, mm-hmm. um, and I bought them at the worst time in the market. Right when like, um, oh, just in 2007. Right right yeah, when that's right the when worst it, time. it was crazy. Right when <laughs> FHA got rid of their down payment assistance uh, program options, and, right. and that's what we were using up until that point. And uh, and and on both those houses, the cost of repairs. I, I ended up finding out way more in repairs that needed to be made, and I ended up having to sell them for way less. I held on to them for way longer than than I ever should have. On one house, I made a hundred dollars, and on the other house, I like lost three hundred. And I tell you what, there's no better education I could have ever asked for. Yep. And that was that is such a horrible day for a real estate investor. Oh yeah. Compare that to a horrible day for 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 somebody investing in the stock market, and so <laughs> being willing to invest in your education one of the biggest things you can do is overcome some of that fear, and just take the step and just decide. Look, there's only one way to really learn how to do this. Like riding a bike or playing a piano, you can only read about it for so long before you just have to hop on and try and and it's just it's it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, and I think nothing will kill that fear like just getting through your first deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't make a ton, you know, even what if you make $100, if you get through that first deal, the education you get on that is It'll, it'll carry you to the next one, right? And then the second one will give you even more experience and more confidence. But you know what? What kills people, like you said, is right off the bat, that fear. So mm-hmm. it's getting over that fear, that initial that initial deal. And if you listen to the episode you, you were talking about, I, I just interviewed someone recently, a guy that I have tons of respect for, super smart, one of the smartest guys I know in this business. And he his first house he ever bought, he threw up three times by the time he got <laughs> to closing because he was yeah. so nervous. and it, I heard it,
1: that. I actually laughed out <laughs> loud. That was very funny. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, and you know, to know the guy now, he's ultra confident and ultra competent too. He's a very, very intelligent guy. And uh, yeah, it's just funny. And that happens. I remember the first deal that I wrote. Actually, my first deal, technically first deal that I ever made an offer on that was accepted, I lost money. But I, I didn't lose money because the house didn't sell for what I thought or anything like that. It was, it was it was at 2008, so it was right as things were crashing, and I had secured financing through a very, very small, kind of like a hard money lender kind of a company, and I got an offer accepted on a house, and before I got to closing, that company went out of business. They just closed their doors, and that was it, and I had already put down my earnest money, and I couldn't get it back, so it was $1,000 that I lost because I had to back out of the deal, and... It, as it turns out, the house that we bought, the, the property values dropped like twenty thousand dollars almost overnight and I would have lost I mean and at this house I used my savings. The first house I ever did, we used all of our life savings to do the rehab. I would have lost everything. I would have been wiped and all my own personal money. So I lost a thousand, but I avoided losing, you know, twenty thousand. So I lost money, but like you said, the education was great because I never should have bought the house to begin with. I should have realized that that things were going bad in that neighborhood and whatever. So I learned a lot, I lost a little money, but I learned a ton. And then the Next deal I did, it was very profitable. And, and from there, everything's been pretty good. And I, I couldn't agree more with what you said, too. In this business, it sounds like if you read the papers, you would think we were all crazy for investing in real estate because it's just it's a disaster, right? But if you know your numbers, you know you know what you should offer based on like you said, knowing what the repairs are gonna be, knowing what the after-repair value is, factoring in, you know, the money that you'd like to profit on the deal and the closing costs and all the, the, the cost of, of purchasing and the and the lending and the funding. You know all these things. So there's very little room for error unless... I, I, the only thing that I would say for new investors, and this is something I'd like to ask you about, it's the after repair value, right? If you mm-hmm. screw that up, everything else crumbles underneath it. That's sort of the where I at least tell my students where, where you start when you're going to place your offer, start with the after repair value, right? So someone who's not a realtor... You know an investor starting out how should they do that i mean just find a realtor who can get that for them or what what's how would you go about that or how would you suggest someone get that because that's a that's a key number right
1: mm-hmm. absolutely uh great question you're right on the money i couldn't agree more um uh I, i'm not sure how it is in, in in other states but in texas we have um Property tax. A lot of the government money comes from, you know, government revenue comes from property taxes. So uh, the tax value of the property is kind of a big deal. And so uh, in in every county, we have uh, central appraisal districts, which just the 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 government, the county, they appraise every single property in in the metro in the in the county, and um, and they come up with a value for it. And usually. That value is—I I can just about guarantee 100% of the time it's not right, but it's—it's right. it's not too far off. And depending on the market cycle and depending on the area, if you start to kind of get to know the area, you can start to gauge how far off it is. But even if—if if you just go off of the tax value alone, um, it's a way you can. Really, do a massive amount of research on on a lot of properties, and and if you get into uh, leveraging through technology at all, you can you know you could take those the tax values and and put them into an Excel spreadsheet, and then take just take the list price and put it in an Excel spreadsheet, and then just do some quick math like that and help right. you know find find deals that way. But th- that's probably how it start. I mean, you know, if I didn't have a real estate license, I'd, I'd probably go about it just like just about like every other investor that I see. I go to the tax value. I go to Zillow. I I just I I Google the address see if there are any uh, previous listings, um, and then if everything looked good, um, well, it just kind of depends. So if if the house if I had it under contract, then um, you know really at that point I'd be more than happy to pay. Uh, but check out this cool trick. This is this is something kind of neat that I did not too long ago. Right. I was looking for a way to get an appraiser's opinion, not just a realtor's opinion. I wanted an appraiser's opinion. So I just put a, a, a twenty dollar ad on on Craigslist and said, Hey, if if you're an appraiser, um, I just need somebody to pull some quick comps for, for me every now and then and um and I'd be happy to pay you twenty bucks or so. And then you've got a and then what I ended up finding, I got I, I still get replies once in a blue moon from that same ad. For some reason it just it stayed up there, I guess. Nice. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So this one appraiser, uh, I, I I I had them all. I, here's kind of a a way to cheat. You can get your first, and not really cheat. This is legitimate, but a way to you know if you've got a property you need to evaluate and you are seriously intending on using this appraiser over and over again, you can your job interview you can get them can be to get them to do comps on your first house.
0: Nice. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Especially, like you said, you, you don't want to be dishonest. You want to make sure that you have an intention to use them. But you're right. That's a that's a great mm-hmm. point. That's a good point.
1: You know, it's kind of funny. What ended up happening was the best appraiser that I found, he actually ended up uh, running comps and then putting the comps on it. I told him I didn't have a... a, a, a a standard form that we would use in in real estate we call it a broker price opinion form but it's just like a mini appraisal I told him I didn't have a standard form I wanted him to use and I just said just use whatever you have and he ended up actually doing a full appraisal on it the only thing I mean he didn't go out to the house and take pictures and measure and that sort of thing, but he he put it in in an actual appraisal document and so if I wanted to show that seller I would say look I I got an appraiser to do, I would tell them nice. I, they did like a desktop appraisal on this thing, cost me 20 bucks. Wow. And so, yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. That, that's, that's one that's way. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great idea. I've never done that either, but that's that's not a bad idea. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about your business. And I know that you're, while well, I say your business, let's talk about some of the tools you use. Mm-hmm. You're a super busy guy. It's now. Oh, it's going on 10 o'clock at your time. You're still at the office. I, I imagine you got in there very early. A busy guy like you, that you know, you're know, you managing three teams, you're doing all this stuff. What are some of the tools that you use in your day? Could be hardware, could be software, could be re- any kind of resource at all, really. What do you use to manage things? What do you use to stay organized and, and make sure that you're getting things done?
1: Excellent question. Um, the tools help, but... The mentality is more okay, but I'll just just for tools, I never would have thought this. But seriously, Outlook is my greatest greatest tool. It's just got to be, and, and and I'm talking about on the lower left hand corner when you open Outlook, you've got the the few different options here. You've got mail, calendar, contacts, and then you got tasks and yep. notes. Right. Well, there's this guy, gosh dog, I, I wasn't thinking about this before the uh, interview here, else I would have got his name for you. But there's a guy, I'll, I'll get it to you after the interview, Mike. Okay. Uh, but there's a guy that um, I, I I got his program. He has actually a free ebook, and he just taught how to really manage your day using uh, a lot of the time management principles that I took from different sources uh, of other books and things that I could mention but you know and 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 he just showed how to use those same principles and apply them to outlook and it's just there's nothing better. Uh, no,
0: okay, so you believe in this product? Outlook. You, no, yeah. no, the 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 product you were just talked about that you used.
1: He ju- yeah, he just taught he all he did was he taught me how to use Outlook. That's all he did. All right.
0: I mean, do you yeah. know the name of it or are you you have to look it up?
1: Um um Michael And then it starts with an L. I'd have to look it up.
0: Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. I thought you were hesitating because you didn't think I wanted you to. But if you believe in it and it's something that really worked and it's a resource, I I have no problem with that. But I'll definitely get it in the show notes. And just so everyone's aware, uh, real quickly, the show notes are going to be at juststartrealestate.com forward slash Chandler Crouch. That's C H A N D L E R C R O U C H. So we'll get that in there. But okay, go ahead and I I don't want to cut you off there.
1: No, that's fine. Um, And let's see here. So that's a big one. Um, I definitely use Dropbox. Everything that I have is in Dropbox. Uh, If any of my hard drives crashed, I've got five different copies of every single file that I have.
0: (laughs) That's good. Five. That's that's good. Four wouldn't be enough. You need five. (laughs) That's right. That's right.
1: And I can go anywhere, and all my stuff is there. Um, I have. This I, I use voice over IP as my main phone line, but really if I was just starting out, I would use Google Voice. Google Voice is free. You can do the same exact type of thing. You can have somebody call your one phone. And it rings five phones. You could have um, – I mean it, there's all sorts of things that you can do with, with that. Uh, I, I have – this is a pretty neat one. I use, uh, for my regular cell phone, I have just a regular you know, Verizon or whatever. It's an iPhone, but it doesn't matter what service or phone you have. You can set up Google Voice to just be your voicemail for your for your phone. Right. So they call your regular phone number, and then the, the beauty of the Google Voice voicemail is that it transcribes the voicemail, so you don't have to listen to the voicemail. It transcribes it and, and sends it to me in email. Yep. So that's a good one. Um, you know, there are so many things... I wish that I could just tee off on three or four real quick, but it might open up a discussion. Um, virtual assistants are big they would be huge for me if i was just starting out
0: oh man i that's something you know what i do want to talk about that let's talk about that a little bit but um that's a subject that i really would love to dive in deeper sometime maybe we'll have you back here in a little while and talk about how you use those but let's sure. let's let's talk about a virtual assistants i i just started using them that's why i'm i'm personally oh, <laughs> super interested but i know mm-hmm. like you said starting out i think that they're great i waited way too long to to get mm-hmm. into it but okay go ahead
1: Okay. uh, Well, I could just let me just let me just. Gosh, if if it's okay to do this, let me just bullet point a couple of subjects, and then I know that we're probably running out of time, so we can just wrap up with whatever you want. Um, But yeah, virtual assistants. um, Yes. Would you like to make twice as much money next year as you did the year before? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Can you work? Can you work uh, twice as hard and twice as many hours as you did last year?
0: Probably not.
1: Okay, so then you've got to use somebody else's time, and that's the end of the story. If you're not open to leveraging in somebody else's time, you have a severe ceiling on on your productivity in yep. the end. Yep. That's it. So <laughs> whoever, whoever. That was, doesn't that was a fun book. People. Read it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, yeah, you're right, though. That's awesome. If you don't want to manage people, it's fine. You you don't have to manage people. If you can manage projects, then you can hand a project. You don't pay until it's completed. Then that's that's great. That's That's managing VAs in a nutshell
0: all, all right. right where where do you find your VAs let's let's do that or where would you suggest people find their VAs let's put it that uh, way
1: the the VA world has been has gotten sh- has gotten shaken up gosh that's horrible grammar but has gotten <laughs> shaken up uh yeah. quite a bit and so um but still my go-to place is odesk.com yep. and then the the uh, the the Gosh, what would you call it? The undiscovered source that most people wouldn't think about is Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And it's not a traditional VA in the traditional sense. You might not even know the person's name that you're hiring. But let's just like for my logo that I just got, which logos are not important until you have to like (laughs) – until you have to impress somebody, you don't have to yeah. impress, impress anybody for a long time. Being in the business, but you know, after ten years, I decided I need to get a professional logo. So, um, I could hire every single logo designer on Fiverr, pay them five bucks each, get top quality logo designs, and um, then I would end up finding the best logo designer out there after I had twenty. And and it's and then I go deep with that person. So that's just one. And since There's all sorts of cool graphic design, video design. Uh, there's copywriting services. Just tons of stuff. It's a wealth of information. But that's yeah. not traditional. The traditional side would be ODesk. Yep. Um, okay. So if I'm bullet pointing ideas, I feel a strong need to come back to subject two and mention one thing about that. If you want to ask where the the depth of where I've gone deep, you know, I've gone wide um, early on. I did a lot of different things, but where I went deep was HUD. Hud homes, um, so I could dig into that quite a bit. Um, and let's yeah, see. Yeah,
0: I mean, okay. So tell me, what is a HUD home? First of all, let's let's start at the base. What is a Good HUD?
1: Home? It's 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 a, a bank offers. An FHA loan. FHA is one of the most common types of mortgages that are available to just about anybody buying a house under. In my area, it's going to be any house under three hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. So most they FHA does the majority of the mortgages in today's current market. Like a, a large majority of the mortgages. Sure. They're offered by every every kind of traditional bank. If the bank forecloses, then. In order to protect the bank, to keep the bank from losing money, they, this FHA mortgage is insured by HUD, the Housing and Urban Development Department of the Government, that HUD just oversees anything housing-related. And so what will happen is to keep the bank from losing money, uh, HUD will, will allow the bank to basically file a claim on the mortgage insurance. HUD pays off the bank. Makes the bank whole, keeps them from losing money, but in exchange HUD takes over ownership of the property, and then HUD sells it on the open market to, uh, to you know, on the open market. That's it. Okay. So now, why, you, why do why
0: why do you love home, HUD homes so much, or why do you love dealing with them so much?
1: Well, I found HUD last, and so out of all those things that I did, HUD was kind of the last thing that I found, and that's when I made the eureka discovery that most people probably don't have to make, and that is. In order to have a successful real estate deal, one very important principle has to be true, and that is you have to buy low and sell high. Yep. The end. You know, that's basically, maybe, maybe buy low and rent high or whatever the case right, may be. Right. That's it. You got to have a spread. I made more money with HUD than anything else. That's it.
0: Awesome. So, yep. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to talk about those in deeper depth as well. So, I you know I said at the top of the show, you've you've done it all. I mean, I'm I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek, but I mean it. You you really have done pretty much everything. It looks like, and it's almost impossible to do it all justice in one interview. So, um, I'm already thinking that down the road here, we're gonna have to <laughs> do this again, and and we're gonna have to take a couple of these and just dive a little bit deeper. Because I really want to do that. I want to talk about some of these things that you've done. And like you said, that you've died, dove into a little bit deeper, like the HUD deals and things like that. It's a subject twos. I'd like to talk about how your money a little bit. I you know, the big thing for new real estate investors is money, right? How do I, how do I fund a deal? And hard money is definitely one way to do it. And I know that you have done that. And I'm sure that you have opinions and and experiences that would be extremely helpful. And honestly, at the end of the month, I've not really said anything about this, but at the end of the month, I think the last week of this month, uh, I'm going to talk all week exclusively about money, how to find it, how to go about finding it the whole mentality behind it like we're gonna dive into it and really attack that so if you don't mind I might even tap into you here in a few weeks and and see if you can offer some insight into into the hard money side of it if that's okay yeah absolutely okay I, I would love to do that so all right last thing let's mm-hmm. you're Face to face with a new real estate investor, you have somebody who's green, right? You just run into them and you strike up a conversation at Starbucks, and, and they're telling you, "Hey, I'm a new real estate investor. I'm really excited. I want to get going here." And you don't have a lot of time. You're getting ready to go to the office. You're gonna have a busy day. What what would be the little Yoda advice you would give them? Little words of advice that you might offer them uh, just you know, in a, in a general sense. What what kind of things would you tell a new? There's a million things I know, but. What would it be if you had to give them just to capsulize it a little bit?
1: Sure. Okay, I'm going to give you two answers, even though you're only asking for one. No, no, you got time. (laughs) I'm taking over the (laughs) podcast. Do it. (laughs) Um, I've just got to come back to subject two because so many new investors are attracted to subject two because so many... Uh, coaches and seminar gurus pitch subject two because there's it, you can really pitch it with these really sexy marketing you know phrases you know buy houses don't use your own credit get cash back at close you know on and on and on yep well it, subject two can be really abused and, and it can be it can be uh, viewed as buying houses risk-free and that is not the case and it's it's actually not true at all and if you're buying houses that way it's a good way to end up in prison so i just have we spent so much time on at the beginning i just have to come back to that okay and i don't want to freak people out i'm i'm not opposed to it uh it's just one tool for a very temporary period if you're ever going to use it Uh, but one question that most people could never answer. Every every real estate attorney I've come across and every uh, guru that I've come across, uh, uh, they don't know what would happen or what you would do if the original uh, uh, homeowner ended up filing bankruptcy because they don't own the house. But they anyway, so I just wanted well, to just say that. Point. Just tap the brakes on subject two if if, if anybody <laughs> got excited about it in the beginning. So I would just say if you hear of any coach and that's all they're preaching, just tap the brakes on that. But here's the real answer that's going to answer the question you really wanted me to answer all right and this is just the truth mike i know that this is exactly what you want to hear and i know that this is probably not what all your listeners really want to hear they want some nuggets of some tangible tactical things that they can do but that mentality all that does is feed this mentality of i don't know enough yet Yep. And I need to learn more. So I'm going to listen to one more podcast or whatever. This is what I would say. You have got the right direction. You're leading people down the right path. I would honestly say, listen to the last podcast you did on fear. Listen to that.
0: Wow, that's and then, awesome.
1: And then I would say, just take action now. That's it. Today, before yep. you go to sleep, take action. And And you know what? If your action is hiring Mike, then he will slap you upside the head until you take action I can tell because <laughs> it's what you probably yeah. need if you're, if yeah. you're if you've listened to 100 and whatever 116 of these episodes and you have not bought a deal, I can tell you what your problem is yeah it's not not knowing enough. It's that you didn't wake up today and do something. Yep. That's it. That yeah, yes, that's, that's, that's
0: so. well, I, now, now it's very self-serving to say that's great advice. Cause you basically, <laughs> you, you, you told everyone to listen to my last episode and, and even potential hire me as a coach. So that's super self-serving to say that was great advice, but I'll, I'll say it, it was great advice. And that's, you know, you're, you're really, you are really, you know, talking my language because the, the name of this podcast is just start real estate. And that's exactly what I want people to do is just start, not, not, frivolously or not recklessly or not without learning anything but like you said 116 episodes in i mean that's why all my episodes aren't this is how you buy a house and this i mean at some point the mechanics are are actually fairly easy to learn it's getting your mindset right getting your head wrapped around you're gonna go out and place offers because i got news for you if you are looking at houses and not placing offers you're not a real estate investor you're not a real estate investor until you start placing those offers and then some people would argue you're not an investor until you buy your first house and that that's maybe that's a fair argument too but you got to get out there and do it you can't you can't listen to one more podcast or read one more well you can listen to my podcast but you can't read <laughs> one more book you know it's and I did that I did that for actually a number of years before I got started I I just felt like I needed to know more I didn't know enough it was insecurity and all those kind of things but nothing cleared my head faster than and when I did my first deal and got my first check, it cleared my head, it motivated me, and I was off and running from that point. And that's really the best cure for the paralysis by analysis and all the fear and trepidation about doing this is just just do it do it get out there and and learn and get your first check and trust me you'll it'll be the cure for all the fears once you, i mean you could still be afraid but trust me that that will fuel you to get out there and, and get going so i love it i'm
1: not gonna be able to sleep tonight mike yeah you got me all fired <laughs> up we should have started with this and, yeah you know, I, you, know you wouldn't have been able to shut me up though i would have been just going on and on no that's but, perfect I mean, you're exactly right 90 percent of what you need to know you're gonna learn just doing your first deal yeah. that's it. And, it, and it demystifies the whole thing. Yeah, I remember when I first started. <laughs> this is silly, but I used to just wonder if people actually did real estate deals because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard about this stuff and I see these stuff. The numbers are just so huge, and there's there's these you know inspectors and appraisers. And it just seems like almost like mythical, and it was like just. Weird and and yep. and then you know you do your first deal and all of a sudden you, there are gaps that people aren't going to fill. You're never going to know it all. No, nope. but and but when you do, just do one deal, ninety percent, and you and it's not an exaggeration. Ninety percent, you're going to know everything that you're going to ninety percent of what you need to know. Yeah, will stay related. The, you're the, the, so right.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> interrupt. But man, you're you're no. getting me going now.
1: Well, and and the big deal beyond real estate really the bigger thing and this is what you're talking about is the the fundamentals that come with managing any process with managing yourself and and man, and running any kind of business there are the common things that are across the board that just don't change and it's conquering your fear said I, you were going to ask me earlier, or you asked me earlier what's the single most important tool that i have i'll tell you exactly what it is it's my alarm clock that is it it is my alarm clock, bar yeah. none. I love Set that. that sucker early and get your butt up and do something. That's it. Yep. You know. Yeah. No. No shortcut. All right. So I, gotta, I
0: love that. No, I love it. And I gotta just drink
1: to- some chamomile tea or something <laughs> and chill out.
0: <laughs> just one thing to close that. Those. These. All these thoughts out that we're talking about is. I, I want to say too, and I, I've said this before, but I, now I feel like I have to say it again because you're you're really getting me thinking. Is you know, people think that you know you've done a lot of things yourself, Chandler. But honestly, if you do your first deal, let's just say it's a flip—you buy a house, you buy it right, you you rehab it, and you sell it and make money. People do very, very, very well for themselves without ever deviating from that script. You can mm-hmm. do that and be the best at it, and you can do very well. A friend of mine, a guy that I actually uh, met. Uh, through this podcast, he has a podcast as well. His name's Justin Williams. He's awesome. He flips a hundred houses a year. Wow, that's it. He doesn't have rentals. He doesn't do subject to. He doesn't do lease options he he buys houses largely on the MLS but he does a lot of, he works with wholesalers a lot now but 100 houses a year It's all he does is flip houses he doesn't even care about anything else and he does very well for himself so you don't have to know it all to get started you just have to get started
1: it, it, you're you're right it's it's not about doing 12,000 different things it's about doing 12 things Twelve thousand times. Exactly. That's, yep. That's the ball game. Yep. Well
0: said. Well said. Well, where can people find you if they want to find you and they're in your area or whatever? They now they just want to call you because they think you're great. Where? How can they get a hold of you? <laughs>
1: uh, well, I'm I'm in North Texas uh, in the in the Keller area, and so if you have any real estate needs in, in this area, my, my primary focus is uh, are the homes just. Pretty close to my office here. Um, okay, but uh, you're more than welcome. I, you know, I don't know. I can give you my phone number if you
0: want. Um, well, let's start with the website.
1: Website chandlercrouch.com.
0: Got it. That'll be and in the you show notes too. For,
1: for the investor folks, um, that's my my traditional side. That's where you're going to see pretty homes there and the higher end stuff there. For the uh, uh, actually, my company uh, we we won the contract to list HUD homes here locally. So there's some pretty neat investor stuff that you can find on. Uh, r-e-o-maven.com and that's r-e-o-m as in Mike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a-v as in Victor uh, e-n, maven.com
0: got it, r-e-o-maven.com and that'll be in the show notes too so don't worry if you're driving and you can't read this stuff down I'm going to put it in the show notes, it'll be there at juststartrealestate.com forward slash Chandler Crouch Chandler, this has been a blast I knew it was going to be fun I knew you were going to have a lot and now I feel like, I mean, I want to keep going. There's a lot of stuff to do here. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. So I'm going to get you back. I definitely want to get you back. Maybe at the end of the month, just quick, not a, not another one hour one where it's you know 10 o'clock at night where you are, but maybe get you for a shorter one and talk a little bit about um, uh, money and financing and things like that. And then down the road, I'll get you back and, and maybe we'll talk a little deeper about some of these subjects. Because like I said, you, you're just a wealth of information, man. You're a fun guy to talk to. And I know this is going to be an episode Episode that people are going to play over and over and over because there's just a lot here. So I, I thank you again. I thank you for staying late tonight and uh, and talking to me and and be agreeing to be interviewed. It's been great.
1: Uh, pleasure's all mine, Mike. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. So yeah, now I'm gonna. Like I said, I got to drink my, my my chamomile tea. <laughs> you know,
0: exactly, take it down a notch. July, night, yeah. yeah, take it down a notch. And
1: get ready to wake up tomorrow morning. And just start over. All right, no, get I up
0: early and 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 get out there and go. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and and we will be talking to you soon, buddy. All right, have a good one. All thanks. right, bye bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I really enjoyed interviewing Chandler. He's an incredible guy. Before we go today, I'd like to ask a small favor. I'd like to ask you if you are enjoying this podcast, if you're getting value out of it, if you enjoy tuning into it every day, if you could go to iTunes and give me an honest rating and review, that would be phenomenal. I really would appreciate it. It, You know, getting those rating reviews, that's what helps me reach more people and I'm able to reach more people and therefore help more people. So I'm asking your help in that. If you can go to iTunes and give me a rating review, I would really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start.